0: Thank you sure. for coming and sharing Sure, service. sure, A nice transitional... I did some reading. Yeah. We did mm- some slides. We did some typos. I brought you a bottle of water. I'll give uh, you the one less close to my armpit, okay? That's <laughs> further further from my armpit on my way up. Um, oh, that's so good. Well, listen, Mike, what I appreciate about about you and about spe- specifically this conversation, right, is that um, there's, plen- there's some of us here with like formal bible training <laughs> yeah and there's lots of us here who see a need feel a calling and then we're just going mm-hmm. totally right? yeah and to have somebody um who've come from such a background of not just ministry but also bible training and also mm-hmm. do, like practically doing which we're going to talk about in a moment practically doing exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. here um to come and say listen not only do i see what you're doing is valid but Jesus sees what you're doing is valid. The mm. Bible sees that what you're doing is valid. Yes. It's incredibly helpful. Awesome. Um, I hope so. So what, there, there's a whole bunch of things i like to talk about. I'm going to get into some of the stuff from the podcast we got a chance to, to do together. For sure. Um, but you've been in the process of setting the digital table <laughs> and inviting people to it yeah. and sharing the the quote-unquote common digital meal with people through your podcast and conversation for quite some time, right? Because in many cases, as believers... We're not. We're not. Re- we're not even inviting people into our physical homes. Right. But we're certainly not setting tables in places where people can actually get to them. Right. Yeah. All of our tables yeah. are set inside of our church buildings, yeah, where great. no one wants to come to eat, um, <laughs> or at least <laughs> most people who aren't just church transfers don't want to come. Oh, to eat. that'll preach. So talk to me a little bit about setting the digital table through the Voxology podcast and yeah. stuff that you're doing to invite people who typically don't have a voice
1: to come and share. Oh the conversation. my goodness. So I've I've realized, and you have too. I mean, so many this this is not, no news, but how it is you hold an opinion is more important than the opinion you hold, oh. and that there are things in the Bible that are of first importance, and then there are things that Paul calls disputable matters, and then there are things that Paul sort of wishes that you would believe, and so a buddy of mine channeled that into convictions, beliefs, and opinions. And just if I could briefly talk through those. Beliefs are, or excuse me, opinions are those gut reaction things. Hey, I heard this on a podcast, I saw this in a sermon, I read this in the Bible once or heard it somewhere. And yeah, this is what I think. And it's not a totally educated belief. It's just an opinion. I just here's what I think and it's open to change. And and we should have the most of those and hold those the loosest. Beliefs are those things that we have looked at and studied and could argue the other side of, but we wouldn't break fellowship over. And and we should have fewer of those than we do of opinions. Convictions are the things that either literally or metaphorically you would die for, the things that fundamentally define your reality in the world. And we should have the fewest of those. So let me give you an example. For me, I don't know how this plays for you, but for me, um, a a belief issue is I believe women should be empowered in all levels of ministry. Loads of Christians disagree with that, right? And we have very robust and passionate Bible conversations and disagreements about that around the text and the Greek and all those wonderful things. I'm not going to not call those people Christians because they disagree with me. Correct, because the danger is we take belief level issues and raise them up to conviction level issues, and I see so so many conversations in the Christian space. Well, this is a gospel issue, and it turns out to be like a third level issue. There are only there are only a couple of gospel issues. You know what I mean? I mean, Paul tells us what they are. This is this is of first importance. This is the gospel. Ready? Jesus lived. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again. There you go, 1 Corinthians 15. Okay. I'm willing to disagree significantly with someone who doesn't, who calls themselves a Christian and who doesn't hold that. Fine. But like, whether or not speaking in tongue, tongues is, is biblical or whether or not gaming ministry is biblical. So, part of what we try to do. I try to do as a teacher, but I also try to do in the podcast space, is only focus on the things that I think are clear and of first importance and then give grace everywhere else for people to disagree and question. One of the things that our churches don't do well, like we do after every sermon, we do a Q&A and it's, it's open and free flowing. And it's, I never know what's going to come up, and it's weird. Like, there are some people who are making political points and uh, people who are asking non-relevant questions, and it doesn't matter. Because the point isn't how great the questions are and certainly not great how the answers are. The point is that you should be allowed to question religious authorities Mm. and that you should be allowed to disagree. Correct? Correct. This, I mean, Jesus never coerced anybody into this thing or abused his power. So in the digital space, I think it is possible to practice table fellowship by having a very generous orthodoxy that says, if it's a, if it's a belief level issue, hallelujah. And, and even if it's not, even if they're, I mean, because we have people in our church who are like, I'm not sure Jesus rose from the dead. Great. Once you bring those people into the orbit of word, spirit, and community, who knows what will happen? We're just not going to predetermine the discipleship pattern for their life before they belong. Are you with me? Mm. So in the podcast space, we want to come against the people who are making second-level issues, primary-level issues, and we also want to provide a refreshing alternative in saying, listen, there's a lot of room here for disagreement. Look at the early church. And it's okay if Christians disagree on a lot of things. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's just a couple of thoughts.
0: No, no, I, every time Mike talks, I have like another 15 questions or statements no. to go from there. So that's like, um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I love about that and something that has been really compelling to me as a church planter and in this particular season of our life is that uh, a great deal of the burnout that people are in ministry experience, oh. it tends to come from the fact that they carry a burden that only the Holy Spirit was intended to carry, right? They take come responsibility for preach. things yeah. that are only responsible, only, like, the Holy yeah. Spirit is to do it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And yeah. so I, I love that of, like, allowing people to be where they are totally. and um, well, Jesus this, did, right? this concept of being... a people having permission to question spiritual authority is really powerful because if there's a creator in this room right the voice of the average person is elevated above what it is in an average church right if a church someone comes in and let's call him steve steve comes in steve sits down in church um steve can't stand up and raise his hand and be like objection your honor and like and and disagree with the pastor right steve gets escorted out by security at that point (laughs) um we're in a live stream Unless you're getting banned. Like, you can. You can raise objections. I was... Uh, I, I've been in many of, of the streams. Most recently, I was in, in Miss Positivity's stream um, where someone was just absolutely convinced that we should all call ourselves Catholics because that word has been hijacked. And um, and she, she's just like, she's trying to contend with this. But the cool part is, is this person gets the ability to elevate their voice, right? They get the ability totally. to talk back and forth and have conversation
1: with, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah. and I don't see, and I'm sure you feel this way, I don't see my job in the world as convincing people they're wrong. Mm. I see my job in the world see in the in the Bible it's more important to be faithful than it is effective right so the my role in the world is to witness to the risen Jesus the best that I know how and I've tried to get away from having to be right all the time because that's something I very much easily fall into you know what I mean mm. and, um, and so even when people are saying hey we should all be called Catholic okay great let's think about that like I don't I'm trying to get rid of that part of me that has to correct everything out there mm-hmm. because, oh, Lord, that's a full-time job. And it's exhausting, and that's the reason so many of us burn out, right? Is we're always carrying all the evil and all the wrongness of the world in our bodies, and then we're just toast. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk
0: about the inward life. Is this something that we talked about on the podcast? Yes, and, something and that...
1: you just crushed it, by the way, in your devotional. Oh, thanks. That's, no, I mean really, well, I was that's... trying to tee up this question time, too. So, oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, everything totally strategic, genius. right? Oh. Um, and so, one of the things that we talked about on the podcast, I knew we wanted to talk about here, something we talked about in pre-con as well, um, was this idea of the importance of the hidden life, oh, right? Man. And how susceptible in creation, and content creation, where we have um, we have a limited allotment of time, yeah. right? Um, and everything can be content.
1: That's the problem, right?
0: And so suddenly, um, your private time with the Lord, you start seeing as, well, maybe I can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> totally, right? totally. Uh, it's like, guys, a, hey, yeah. guys,
1: I just read this great verse today. Yes, and there's this whole thing that Jesus has in the Sermon on the Mount about if you're doing religious deeds in order to be seen, then you have your reward. I mean, if it, it's not, it's not wrong to be seen doing religious deeds. But if you're doing them in order to be seen, then you literally have no reward from your father other than the likes or the clicks or the whatever. And so Jesus actually presents like the perfect antidote, the one none of us want to hear but know is true, to the content creator life, which is have a life beyond your content. And that is such a hard thing to do, right? Mm. Because, I mean, particularly if you're working out like issues publicly people love that stuff right they love if you're really screwed up and having a difficult marriage and there's a place i think for people to share difficulties and whatever but there's also a difference between vulnerability or uh, uh, secrecy and transparency Ooh, like- oh unpack that yeah yeah, yeah. so that. so let me let me change the words uh my therapist said this way let me let me remember it's a difference between privacy and secrecy so privacy means the right people know Secrecy means no one knows. Mm. So I have people who monitor my online life, who, you know, do all the things, um, who know. But I'm not working that out publicly, right? Because there, there comes a point when if I'm working my stuff out publicly, then my stuff isn't really being worked out. Because mm. I'm getting attention for it. It's it's. it's uh, feeding my false self or whatever it is, I'm only rewarded when I'm vulnerable. I mean, there's so much psychosis at play in us that it's super dangerous. Hmm. So anyway, I mean, that was a, a fascinating part of your podcast. It was really fun for me to go, yeah, 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 yeah. We just have to be so careful because that gets rewarded in our culture, right? It's authentic, and the problem is, all of a sudden, I work out my issues in order to gain acceptance, and I'm still, I'm still, I, I'm still doing the content creator move. It's now just it's now been baptized into um, um, an authentic like, process that gets rewarded. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. It's it's like it's like we're 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 taking the stuff that we're working through, we're airing it
0: online, yeah. and we're like we're justifying and sanctifying that, right? Yes, and that's what I we're mean. We're taking yes. the secret life and we're not we're no longer operating out of a deep well. We're yeah. now operating out yeah. of the surface. Everything that I'm doing becomes something that other people can view and other people can benefit from because like I do wanna get healthy, but I would also really like to get I'd like to grow and get healthy simultaneously. Absolutely. And the Absolutely. best way that I know how to do that is to take everything that is in the secret part of my or not in the secret, but in the private part of my yeah, life. Yeah, right? there it is. There and it is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer all of that stuff into public space. Which I'm right. I'm guilty of like 150%. Oh, me too.
1: Right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I love that. I, I love that. I love um, you. Oh thanks Mike. That's yeah. really no
1: thank you for being That was really great. I don't know. Great.
0: Um I, I don't know exactly how much time we have left because I lost track of everything. Um it, how did you know that? I got this. But that is just that's just hands that doesn't even give you numbers. Uh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I'm old school. Yeah.
1: Wow. I know. I know. Just, I know. There's just lines yeah. that yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. at yeah. lines. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I know. Um Jeez. I know.
1: Whew, geez. I know. I know.
0: Um, okay. Well, let's see if, does anybody have any questions for Mike, something that you'd like to bring up or ask him? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, Bubba's.
1: Bubba's. Oh look gotic. at that! Like yeah. a gazelle. Good job, Bubba. Like a gazelle right, among you, the Bubba. lilies. Yeah,
0: a gazelle among the lilies. All right, all right. <laughs> like a herd of goats okay. coming off of <laughs> yes, Mount, yes. Mount Gilead. Yes, yeah, let's yes. go.
2: <laughs> nice Bible knowledge, unite, Bubba. I don't care what your wife's password used to say. You don't suck. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. Oh, funny. Who was it? My purse is uh, I love Bubba. Okay, but yeah. who? Who? who uh, Kate. <laughs> okay, never mind. I get them all mixed up. I'm sorry. Okay, what but question anyway. you got for Mike here? Yeah. Anyway. Now, I want to say first, I agree with what you're saying about te- Table Fellowship. Yeah, I do think Christians, especially in my lifetime, I'm a millennial, yeah. they took way too much of the Essene way of thinking we must separate ourselves. That's yeah. why we have our own music, our own books, our own totally. whatever. If, you, I, so I, if I, you
1: like Iron Maiden, then check out Petra.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly, and that's that's a whole that's a that's a whole other can of worms I'm not prepared to open right now. Understood. The one I do want to open, yes, <laughs> open away, is you talk about how Jesus ate with the tax collectors and sinners, yeah, and without getting too specific, you know, uh, you know, some would use that to mean okay, you go to this event or 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 this place, and it doesn't mean you're condoning, yeah my pushback to that yeah push away my pushback to that would be yes jesus ate with the tax collectors and the sinners or you know the prostitutes yeah. but he's not going to the brothels so i guess how do you factor See, that in with yeah. the whole table fellowship thing which i do think we can agree on yeah so so first of all thank you i love it and
1: you do not have to buy anything i'm selling totally I would say there is a significant disanalogy between, yes, Jesus uh, invited prostitutes to the table, absolutely not going to the brothel, but when you're eating at the home of a tax collector, that's going to the bro- That's going to their brothel. Does that make sense? Like, there, there, there isn't. Uh, I wouldn't say that that the Pharisees in particular saw that as as a meaningful difference to go to eat at the house of a notorious tax collector is to go to something like that. Now, you're right. He's not partaking in the sin. Absolutely. And, and I'm not advocating we partake in the sin because I could justify all sorts of things, you know? I'm going to have a ministry to, you know, people that have yachts. So I'm going to go buy one and, you know, whatever. Like I could justify anything. But what he did do that I want to participate in is be willing to go into those spaces and not um, love people with only an agenda. Like, like I've always felt like um, I have to have an agenda um, to show up to something, but then when other people sense I have an agenda, they no longer feel loved. You know, they're used. Yeah. Like, you can't go to the bar unless you're showing up with tracks. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Does mm-hmm. exactly. so that make sense? So, I, I want to say, I we cannot... We cannot, there's no, I cannot think of a modern analogy to Jesus eating with a tax collector and the scandal that would have, you know, created. I mean, it's um, it's pretty remarkable. So take that for what it's worth. Great thought.
0: Yeah. Well, I I anybody else question. have a
1: question? It's go here.
2: As I'm hearing this, it kind of goes along with it. I kind of feel like, when you're at the table with the other person, you know we're all—it's something we've all got to do. We're on equal footing. Everybody's got to eat. So we're—what it does when you're at the table—someone's preaching is right now—is you are seeing someone and acknowledging them. I see you. Uh, I yeah. acknowledge who you are. I don't condone who you are as far as as far as sin or or whatnot, but I see who you are and you're just as worthy to be in my presence. And it's treating someone as if they are human. Because what happens oftentimes is when it comes to the, to sin, is we start grading people. Totally. And, if and our sin always person, comes in last. Yeah. And if we grade that person, then automatically we're alienating that person.
1: Absolutely. And, and, so we're, we, and we're disobeying the direct commands of Jesus in so, the Sermon on the Mount. Absolutely. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I think that's really well said. Yeah. And, and, and I want to take it a step further. Not that you're saying this, but I've heard this from people who, as a missionary, think they're the gift to the community they're a part of instead of receiving the community they're a part of as the gift. So I want to wa- w- walk into every space not thinking they need what I have. I want to be thinking I want to receive them as a gift. There's something for me to hear. There's something for me to learn. There's something for me to, uh, there's some piece of transformation in my character that's here. And as things come up in conversation, of course, we we talk about, whatever it is that we talk about. But I I have at least for me, not you at all. But when I did missions work, I always thought I was kind of the center of the interaction and in a p- place of superiority over and I want to I want to really repent from that and take a place kind of under acknowledging they're the gift to me. Yeah, I love that. we have a question right here. Yeah. How do you I've engaged with people and I know friends who've engaged with people in this way. How do you wisely make the decision to break off or go focus on other people? Stop being kind of drained by it. Or like, how do you say enough is enough or like the Jesus says, shake off the, like move on to the next town basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I follow the Ted Lasso rule. Be curious, not judgmental. And so if there's someone who's curious, I'm all in for as long as it takes. If there, and there comes a place where people just shut down and they're no longer curious about you or curious about things. And hallelujah, that's great. But that's typically where I sort of move um, because I want to be someone who's curious. You know, I want to be that sort of humble, lively, engaged person that's present with people. And, um, when somebody shuts that down and it can be about anything, I don't have a lot to say after that. You know what I mean? Cause I, all I want to do is ask questions and if they're already settled in whatever it is they're settled in, for me, that's where I would, I would go. Great question. Yeah. Do we have one over here? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, sir. Would you stand please? Yeah. yeah thank you. Perfect.
0: Um, my question would be, why is it, do you think that in a world full of, you know, bombings and hate and violence and addiction and Come abuse on. and racism and xenophobia and all, all of the ailments of the world, yeah. um, why is it that we as a church have focused so heavily on just a few issues <laughs> and ignored everything
1: else? Oh, uh, well, first of all, let me point out the log in my own eye, right? I do that. I absolutely do that. I focus on issues that normally I don't struggle with. And those are the things that draw my thinking or desire or condemnation or whatever. So I have to be a part of a community that's reflective and gentle enough where I get called out on things I wouldn't normally be called out on. You know, like I never knew until I had a daughter what it was like to be a teenage girl. I just never knew the awfulness of that. I wish I could go back and like date over. I never knew until we have a woman elder how hateful men have been to her. I never knew until my brother married a very, very beautiful African-American woman that the black experience of American culture was far different than the white experience of American culture in a lot of ways. So my life is continually one of repentance because what I naturally want to do is focus on the things that aren't my struggles. Um, Why as a church do we do that? Well, it seems like the people of God have done that the whole time, right? We've always wanted to make God um, smaller, understandable, clearer. um, So we make a golden calf or we take the grace of Torah and turn it into a Torah of death where we use it to condemn other Jews. Uh, We've always, it seems like we've always done that. The issue with the church seems to be that when you begin with the gospel being a way to get to heaven when you die, then why would you care about all of the other injustice in the world, right? I mean, if, if the story is Jesus's work is to get you into heaven after you die, then why care about injustice or xenophobia? I, and again, floating into controversial waters that I don't speak for anybody here, just Mike, Jesus comes bearing the kingdom and the kingdom promises the renewal of the image of our being image bearers into the image of God in our full humanity so that salvation in the New Testament is embodied life in new creation. That's what salvation is. Which means that this isn't gonna burn. It's gonna be transformed. And it means every time Paul lists the work of Jesus, he immediately goes into the social implications that follow from it. Mm. So the unbiblical separation we have made between Jesus following as a private, personal heart issue and Jesus following as a political, social issue, that's really tragic. But that stems from identifying that the problem that Jesus came to solve is just getting people into heaven. But I dare you to read the Old Testament and end it and go. Yep, God is wondering right now. How do we get these souls into heaven? That's not at all how the Old Testament ends. The Old Testament ends is what are we going to do now that Israel is part of the problem? And so, anyway, that's a minor rant and much more than you asked for. But no, I, th- I thought that was Mike. I love that. I thought that was helpful. I love one you. of the I one of the you. things.
0: Thanks. Once again, thank you. I love you, too. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about even through our church is we've been looking at the parables that I've just stumbled across. There's been super compelling and really convicting to me is mm. that um, as uh, uh, evangelicals, right, as evangelicals, Western evangelicals, every time we see the kingdom of heaven, we just immediately equate that to heaven. Totally. Um, oh. And very rarely was Jesus ever talking about
1: a place that wasn't here. Oh, when he and, always and, talked and about and it was here. And it's plural, the kingdom of the heavens, which makes zero sense if you understand heaven is just a place in the future. Yeah, I'm learning new things every
0: every oh, moment. Uh, we probably we have, we have time for one, two more, two more. Okay, let's go over here to Nurch.
2: Hey, good morning, Nurch. Well, yeah, that's their that's church. A church.
0: That's your church? Well, yeah. Nurch,
2: Philip, over here. Oh, officially, it's my church, not my oh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah officially, I mean, it's yeah uh, but he gave me a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt i love that yeah i really like that you mentioned that the first issue is the gospel and we have to agree about that to love each other collaborate and um, i sometimes have the experience when i try to explain this to other christians they say yes we i agree on that but then they go back to the third issue fourth issue fifth issue and we have a discussion if we can drink. Or coffee out of white or black cups or something like that. Um, what do you do in those discussions? Because you, it's I don't know what to answer then. Yeah. And my second question is, what is your destiny gamer I take?
1: <laughs> oh, awesome! Uh, Darth Nader. My son is Nate, so Star Wars reference Darth Nader three twenty two. But but I don't. They did the bungee tags now, and so it's like I I want to go by Meat Shield three thousand. But it's somehow not letting me do that. So I don't know. Anyway. You play a Titan, don't you? Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Bubble Titan, Helm of Saint 14, <laughs> all day long, all day long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trials of Osiris. That's, that's, that's where we do. All right. First part of the question was, what do we do when somebody's elevating a, um, another issue over above kind of a gospel issue? Well, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and, and I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but, but it's, I, I'm always wanting to get people to read the Gospels with me because the Gospels are the least read part of the Bible, as it turns out for this really weird part. Like the four biographies of Jesus, a lot of people don't spend time in there. don't know why, but it's tough to read the book of Mark or Luke And come up with an exhaustive list of everything we need to have a significant opinion about to be right in the world. Does that make sense? So the problem is people come to Jesus through Paul. And and, and certainly that's a legitimate way that people came to Jesus. The problem is Paul's talking about Jesus. Jesus is talking about the Old Testament. And when we abstract any of those pieces from the other... We get all sorts of really weird pieces of theology that float around, and kind of we use one or two verses to sort of beat up on each other. So I always, if somebody's pushing me on something, I'm just like, great, let's go look at the text together over breakfast. Let's look, and and I pick Luke or Mark because those are the least um, Jewish and more most accessible. And I just go through and what do you see? What do you hear? What's he focused on? What's he wanting? What's he looking at? And invariably, we get into conversations that we could have never predicted, and we both come away going, okay, what Jesus was about is a lot different than what the church is about. And that opens up such fruitful conversations afterwards. I don't know if that helps or not can
0: i I want to say, can I say one thing? is that a
1: yeah, like, do mission
0: yeah. merch, nurch, yeah, this is controversial, but i've never experienced a believer who wants to elevate a theological opinion to a theological conviction that i didn't think should go find another church <laughs> I've, pretty much all of them I've thought you you. You should probably find a different a different place, like when it came to finding people who weren't followers of Jesus and seeking this if i've never I've never met a non believer who was lost who was trying to take a theological opinion and make it my theological conviction
1: yeah, yeah, there are people that come into your church wanting to be the pastor, and it's like Yeah, and I would just say, yeah, when you have your own church someday, you get to do this. But I also want to receive them as a gift and work to say, okay, is there a blind spot here that I'm missing? Because I don't know who said it. Maybe it was Bart who said, um, the church needs to listen to its heretics. um, Because they will always point out things that we're missing. So even if someone's hardened, I want to, and I don't do this always, but I want to open myself up to the possibility I'm wrong.
0: Well, but we have one more left? One more question? Yeah.
1: Let's go. Honest this honest is one of. Listen, sure. this is Steve, the guy we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. speaking tomorrow. Some of you who are disagree. leaving early no. are going to miss this guy. <laughs> and it's, a, it's tragic. Go ahead. So when we have these sorts of conversations about uh, coming to the table of Pharisees, there's this mindset that the table itself is also a sin issue or a problematic issue. But the table is just the table. You know, the den of iniquity is also just a den. And so how do we bring Pharisees to the table of a tax collector? Like how do we yes. do you have thoughts on how do we as nerd culture oh, so turn to the church and say, "So good, you come here too, please. Like, do you have any thoughts and ideas on how to do that? I have that? so many thoughts. <laughs> That's a great question. Cause I, I, I don't judge anyone but the judges and in judging the judges, I become like them. And so I become the Pharisee at the table. So, the hardest thing I do is to receive the Pharisees as a gift, right? And I have to because Jesus ate with both. And so if I'm pursuing Jesus, religious people have to feel comfortable eating with me and non-religious people have to feel comfortable. So to me, that's all my internal work. That I mean, I'm in therapy. I have spiritual directors. I, I'm in like really tight-knit, um, very like people read my mail, like not Physically, but like metaphorically, Um, and um, I'm inescapably uh, known, and so um, and I hate that, and um, and a lot of my Christianity was designed to keep that from happening. But as I'm doing that work, I'm able to sit and ask questions. Normally, what I've learned, the biggest thing I've learned is I don't have to defend anything. The Bible doesn't. The Bible's not under attack. The gospel isn't threatened. All of the fear mongering about no. The God, the kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's inevitable. It's like Thanos, right? It's inevitable. Yeah. Right? It's just there's it you cannot threaten it. The economy cannot harm it. Vaccines or non-vaccines or coronaviruses or not, it's not threatened. And so the biggest like curse that the church reflects in the world is we're as afraid as everybody else. And when we're afraid, we get defensive. I have to defend, 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 defend. And when I'm with a when I'm with someone who is you know, kind of um, judgmental, not curious. I am so tempted to join them in their judgment against them. And so it's so hard, but I try to be curious about how they landed there. And I don't do this well, but I I just figure everyone's got a prequel, you know, even even Darth Vader. So...
0: He does. And on that note, can we thank Mike for coming and sharing with us this morning. Thank you.